Well, hello and welcome to the No Filter Needed podcast, where we cut the fluff, expel those myths and kick unobtainable standards to the curb. I am your host, Camilla Collins, self-image consultant, author and founder of multiple beauty and creative entertainment agencies. I am super passionate about empowering people to change their self-perception and reimagine not just the beauty, but the huge amount of power within themselves. And this podcast is in support of my mission to do just that. So welcome back to the show. I've got a very special guest on today by the name of Enton Barefoot, who is very openly sharing his personal story with alcoholism and addiction. Enton has lived his life in recovery for over 12 years now and has just published his first ever book, which is called Laid Bare. So Enton, thank you for joining me in conversation today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Camilla, and thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so grateful to be talking to you today. Addiction is such an important topic and something that so many people battle with. Um, I've had my own personal battles with addiction and rehab, uh, but you and I have both had very different journeys in terms of recovery. Um, Yeah, I'm just so excited for this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So what actually happened back in 2007 or or prior to that? um, How did it all change? So it, it, the combination of being prior to 2000 or leading up to 2007, 2007 I was homeless. So the, the escalation of, of from prior to that, 2007 was where I had nothing. Completely, I'd lost everything, lost relationships with family, um, lost a relationship with, um, you know, personal relationship with a lady I had with my son with, uh, and all everything, so my own personal relationship as well. So everything about me, but it's just, everything's just gone. Um, and it was a combination of not recognising the signs quite earlier on. Um, so I moved to Leicestershire when I was 18. Um, I kind of didn't, you find you have no idea, the identity part of it came to play later on because um, my, my focus was, I always was going to be a professional footballer. There was nothing going to be in my way and I didn't have a plan B. So. My drive to succeed at that high level um, without having anything else in, in place kind of um, put me on the back foot quite quickly and um, from going from work to work to work and just finding jobs jobs and, and employment in employment employment I found myself for kind of not falling in love with alcohol but I just it just gave me something um, to make me feel incredible so in my book, I talk about my anxieties, and I had severe anxieties when I was a child. Um, just like afraid, so fear of small spaces, being afraid of being beaten up, just having this heightened level of, of anxiety. Um, and I didn't know what it was. So you, you never had back in the, my, that, that that time. You, you didn't. You weren't given medication. My mum and dad didn't take me to the doctor. And what the what the platform is today, where you can go and speak about it, about it with your children today um, and that kind of just accumulated where I left to leave Pembrokeshire where, 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 where I was from to leave to, to move to Leicestershire because that's where my dad was from and then it's you fall into the um, the surroundings that you're in so the first time I had a drink when I said the first time I had a drink I had a drink of alcohol 
the second drink goes in and then all these this butterflies all this this nervousness inside you is slowly bringing itself down and i can that's the only way i can explain it it just as alcohol came in the nerves and everything just went away and it's like, totally wow so I was like, I was like, wow, what is this? What is this? So, and then be again. So, it, it, knowing that, it, you don't. I, I never started then to drink heavily from that moment. It it, you, it plays a tr- it plays tricks with you because then you start thinking, okay, I'll go to work, I'll go out with my friends, and I couldn't wait till like a Thursday or Friday so I can go out and have a a real celebration with my friends because music has been a massive part of who I am. Sport has just not football, um, and gradually I, I got over my my knee injury, and then I just started drinking, and then drinking, and then you don't know that you've got a problem. You just get told that you, you're the person that can drink quite a lot. So, and I was always looking for that feeling, how that alcohol made me feel in the first instance. So, so yeah. But- it becomes your new normal, doesn't it? And this is the thing. It's not It's not often one thing that, that happens or that there is a catalyst, but it's nothing huge. And then you change your habits or your actions, you know, around that thing. And, and then you sort of start building, I guess it's a new way or a different way of living rather. And it's, it's that environment that you then create for yourself that supports these you know addiction or or these habits and you know you seek out and you seek out more of it to um, warrant what you're doing and I I totally get all that you're saying and I can you know it's a slippery slope isn't it when you start going down that path um, and once you're in it it's it's really hard to get out of unless you completely change your environment and, and undo everything that you've built to support it which is a lot of work and so it's, 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 it's financially as well. So um, you never recognise that alcohol is a drug. I never knew alcohol was a drug. Alcohol was pastime. Alcohol was something you you had a drink of alcohol when you finished work. You know this this kind of like this not so much a macho um, stereotype, but this this you know as a man, I lived in a stereotypical world where my my dad was my dad. He was he was a man's man, and, I, and that's not. And that's not a fault of his, but that's who he was. So going out to the pub was a common thing. So as a man, we, I was allowed to go to the pub. Um, you get that kind of that stereotype as well. So you go out have a couple of drinks, but nobody tells you it's a drug. You don't realise that until later on when I went to university and when I wanted to, to find what why this happened to me. You only realise that alcohol is a drug and it's a legal drug. So the combination of, of taking that over the years... Um, Financial capability is, is is a part as well. So, going from job to job, having a bit of a pay, a better job, paying better, and then finding another job that pays a little bit more, and then you start off doing the right things by paying bills and you pay this. And you, you, so I moved when I came to Leicestershire, I moved, I moved with my grandparents. So they allowed me to not pay any board, but save some money so I could go and rent my own place, which I did. And, you then become an adult, so you then have the, these responsibilities, which is financial responsibilities and responsibilities to yourself. So then you start that that starts off starts off okay, and then I'm living my life. So I'm, I've I've gone from Pembrokeshire, which is like a ne- one of the most natural places in the UK, where you can go down and see beauty in itself, and beaches and countryside and walks. 
to a place like Leicestershire where it's all the nearest beaches in Skegness. So it's, it's right in the centre of the East Midlands. And I overcome my knee injury, so I was able to go back and play football again with with my uncle's team. And then you have a football, so football at that time, so 95, for 95, 96, it was a culture of a drinking game. So it, it, you went, you know, you went training on a, I went training on a, on a Tuesday, went Tuesday and Thursday night. We would have a drink after the training session. We would go to the football game and play football on Saturday. We would have a drink on Saturday. You would go back out on Sunday afternoon and you'd have a few drinks on Sunday afternoon. And that becomes your life. But because the drug was work, because the drug was working for me, and I wanted to work to take all my anxieties, all my my self doubts. I had a, I'm, I never, I never ever believed I was a good looking man. Never ever had these, these these horrible beliefs about myself. But the more I drank alcohol, the more I could take it away. And that's what, and that's what I felt. And so I, instead of falling in love with myself, I fell in love with this this, this illusion that alcohol was going was going to be my best friend. And then 94, 95, Oasis came along. And because I'm interested in music, music is, is, is like, I don't know if you've heard the same music is your soul. Music can be many things to an, an, an individual and a certain genre can be everything. And when Oasis came, came out, especially with Definitely Maybe, the first album, with somebody like me who had no self-esteem, no confidence, um, unless I had a dream, and to see someone like Liam Gallagher step onto the platform and tell everybody that this is what he was going to do, this is how he's going to go and do it. It's just like that's it. That's what I want to be. And yes, he may have his challenges, and he may be a bit of a doofus, and all you know, all these things that he probably is. But I was 18, 19, and he was telling me that this is what he's going to do, and I just thought I'm having some of that. And then you kind of get fault. So I'm not being myself. I'm being somebody else, and under this under this illusion um, but alcohol was my main was my main lover it was everything to me and then someone introduced me to cocaine and that was another world so <laughs> as I'm sure you probably know yourself you know there's a lot of people who who, who take that transition from alcohol into then um, a party drug like cocaine because somebody says if you take a line of this it will you can drink even more and then it was like and he wasn't that person wasn't wrong you know quality of yeah quality of the, of the of cocaine going back then back in the 90s then it was quite it was quite pure so you had a good a, a good hit on it so from going from having five six seven pints and a couple of shorts in you know, a couple of um whatever drinks they were drink we are drinking so i was like how sad i am I started drinking gin and tonic because Oasis said it was a supersonic. So, so you, you, you'd incorporate those drinks, and then someone would say, "Take that. That's going to get you to where you need to go." And then that's the journey, and then the continuation of other drugs. Then, so it's that searching. Um, you know, you're constantly searching, and so it, it does make sense that you you know, you are going to put someone on a pedestal or you are going to copy their actions. And okay, that's obviously extreme, but it happens all the time when we, you know, follow other people, we look up to other people and we try to imitate their behaviors or uh, take certain aspects of their lives and, and bring it into ours. And, and I think that is where the identity crisis, you yeah. know, starts happening when we start adopting other people's uh, parts of their lives. And 
you know, I, I'm, I see this kind of a lot now with, with other stuff. If I go back to my days and, you know, very similar journey on that front to you from, you know, alcohol and yeah, that was it. Uh, I could take, you know, a few, a line, never mind a few, and I, I could drink more and I could be up all night. And I loved, you know, to be with people and obviously chat a lot of rubbish, which was what was happening. Uh, but, and, you know, this went on and on and then it, it wasn't fun anymore. And it got to the point where I wouldn't go out without it because it, it breaks you inside, you know, you become so reliant on it. And I remember my biggest fear, uh, at one point, I literally thought I was never, ever going to be able to, I thought I'd never have a wedding day without it. Um, I just like all these things and I, I felt really sort of trapped with it all, but I, I, I was in it. I didn't know how to how to stop it and so you know you just carry on and your friends get kind of fed up with you um even you know you end up falling out with people that are, are doing it with you and then you just seek out new people and you well I was certainly getting myself into some dangerous situations and yeah for me it just it wound up uh, I was suicidal I was uh, obviously deeply un unhappy but massively trapped and didn't know I, I was so far gone with it I'd forgotten how I was living before what was the what was the point for you what was your kind of journey when you accepted help or, or you how, how did that happen for you I managed to always keep myself in work so mm. and because at that time as well just before the 2000s and the you know Tony Blair came in New Labour came in 97 it was such a vibrant time vibrant time at that in, in Leicestershire so I don't, I don't know what it was like in for you at that time but it was just there was jobs all over the place where there was work available and if I got pulled in because of my drinking on this job I just I just say right that's it I'm done walk out no consequences and go get another job um so I never really had any any inkling or any suspicion that my my drinking and drug taking would have would end up me going to get into a rehab or getting help uh, I, I noticed a couple of times that my drinking was out of control um, and I kind of had the concept of going to get help via my GP but then I was so scared that would be on my record that I didn't go and I, and I always put it off so again having it's not so much the heightened anxiety but I was always afraid that if that's on my record because I, I have a problem with drink it's it's set in stone and you just don't want people to know so you just and you then you think to yourself why would why would I go you know it's in your, this mindset is I'm not going to the doctor to admit I've failed because then it's your chance to judge me then so you're going to judge me for being who I am and I don't I'm, that's not who I am so I just carried on and carried on and carried on and then I just went to work I'd just carry on the best I could, do my job, and then it's then work comes to you and says, "Look, you say you there there is something going on. You, you smell of alcohol. It's it's you know it's it's in the morning. What is what's going on?" And then I would just move, move, and move until that I couldn't move anymore. Where that was it. I just had nothing. So my relationship broke down. My son came along, um, and it changed a bit, but. I never, never for one second, never thought that I would need to go and get help. So I just carried on drinking, carried on drinking, started taking drugs, doing all this, this whirlwind, um, making these whirlwind decisions. And then it just accommodated of me not paying my bills, not paying my rent. Just, I was going to, I was, I, my mindset started from 
when I got into the doors. And the Jim Morrison character, and he was such, this guy was such an attractive man. You know, he, he, ooze, he oozes sex appeal and he's very dark and he, he, he's just talented at what he does. And he died at 27 in a bath. His heart just stopped nice and easy. And I just thought, that's, why I want, that's how I want to die like. And that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to take all these drugs. I'm going to carry on doing it. I'm going to live this rock and roll lifestyle. And then I'm going to get in a bath and I'm just going to fall. I'm going to die a nice, peaceful death. But it never happened. I, I so get it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to put it into words because, you know, I felt it too. But it, it becomes, you know, glamorous. You're kind of not even, it's not your life or whatever anymore. You want to be remembered for this. And this um, It's very theatrical in a way yeah. in your head, isn't it? And, and obviously the... Uh, drinking and 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 the drugs are you know heighten that it completely takes you out of reality uh yeah. so you can come up with these crazy kind of ideas and, and when you <laughs> see stuff yeah. like you you know do it, you want to reenact it because nothing's nothing's real and it's this really warped re well it's not it's so far removed from reality and you're yes. off your head most of the time anyway so i'd lost my chance to play football that was a loss i didn't deal with so I, and then my my first girlfriend when I was 17, I was lucky enough, I was so pleased that somebody somewhere at that young age found me attractive. And like, I, I really like, I really did like this girl. Um, and we, we we met and it just, we, it was like instant. But then she, like within six months, it, she just, she dumped me in the worst way possible. And it was the first time I had to deal with the loss. So at 17, I'm thinking, just before I turned 18, it was like, this, this hurts, this really hurts. I've opened myself up to, to allow this, this this young lady, who were teenagers, but you know, young adults, and I opened, I gave my heart to her, and she just like stabbed me in the heart with it. It's like it, I didn't know how to deal with it. So the the chance to move away at 18 just, and I ran away. I've been I've run away. I've not gone back in over, over 30 years. I've lived in Leicestershire. So that that decision at 18, I've never gone back. But I ran away from from that feeling, and mm. what I did then was found my the people I wanted to be surrounded by so the the influence of of music movies and the influence of the 90s it's it like I said it, and, I, and I don't mean to be repetitive it was it had that exposure for the right reasons but for the wrong reasons because it just gave you me myself an opportunity to turn around and say I'm a, well it was all in a selfless selfless manner and you never thought about anybody else you know I stayed single because I didn't want to be challenged um, for a long time. I just thought, this is who I'm going to be. Um, and then, like you said, it, you mentioned it's like the, it's not reality. So no matter how many, how much actions or the actions I, that, that I've taken under the influence of drugs and alcohol, you wake up in the morning, and that's the reality you have to live with. So whatever you've done the day before, the night before, or a couple of days before, that's the reality of what you've got to. To go to go with in your head and your thought process and it's like i can't cope with this i'll have another drink mm. and it just becomes right i'm good at i'm good at drinking i'm good at taking drugs so i'm just going to carry on when you first hit the street when when everything is gone when you don't pay your bills when your, your eviction notice comes they come and take your flat away and then you try your best to try and find like, people to go and stay with and then like you get that false sense of security as well that actually if I stay here for this long 
I can then drink a couple, drink then and take drugs then, and I can recover them. And you always have this, this pattern, crazy pattern in your head. Mm. Doesn't work. So they get fed up with you. So you get turfed out. Look, you know. And then you go back to your parents. Your parents help out again because they're your parents. They'll, they'll help you out as much as they can. And then it's like they get to a point where we can't keep doing this. And then the first, and so the first time when I hit the street, I completely broke down because I knew of my actions that this is going to be the consequence. And it's 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 underneath the bridge. I've had so much money in my life. I've had all these finances. I've had all these designer clothes. I've had managed to get myself in the in crowd. I've managed to be something to believe in, and. I'm sat underneath the arches when it's pitch black with just the clothes I've got and my suitcase. And then then reality kicks in and I've never cried that 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 night like I've cried ever. Because everything was was there to be seen. This is a destru- the the destruction I've caused. And that first that first then that first night was really I think I've got from memories a long time ago, but things about three or four hours sleep probably a bit more um, but then I'm, I've got I have nothing I have no money I have no job I have no future I have no hope all my hope is gone so then you realize that actually Liam Gallagher is not going to come and help me the 90s is not going to come and help me it's one of them things where you think you've got to help yourself so was that, I mean, that sounds to me like your rock bottom. Yes, and completely. And the, the turning point for you. Yeah, so completely. And then, so that, that's from that moment, because I the, the morning I woke up, that moment, I said to myself, I will never, ever drink again, no matter how many times or take drugs again, no matter how many times I get my triggers, my cravings, you know, this, it, no matter how bad it gets, I will not, I'm not ever going to drink again because... I'm not, I'm not feeling like that again, ever. And then, so that, I woke up that morning, I went, right, what have I got to do to stop myself from having a drink today? So I've got no money. So that's the first thing. So I can't buy any. I don't really want to go and steal any because that, steal any because that's not me. I'm not a thief. I'm not a thief. I, w- I don't want to go and steal for it. So I just kind of went to, um, into the, uh, took a walk into uh, Loughborough Town Centre. And I went to the local council and just, declared myself homeless and what was another kick in the to start with was another kick in, in the teeth then was when I went to the council because I was a uh, single male with no responsibilities I didn't realize I was having some mental mental issues then um, they said that they had no duty duty of care to house me and and I I, I, I kind of looked at the lady and says so about and this is like I, I don't know what other people are like but I turned around and said to the lady so of all the things, I, so all the tax I've paid, all my national insurance, you're telling me you can't help me get somewhere to live. And it's in their policy that they, they do not, they don't house males. I've no duty to care, so that you have conditions where I think the lady said you had to have be in contact with your parents or like my, my son was, my relationship with my son was, was broken. Um, so there was things I could make happen but I couldn't do it in the in, in the instant in 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 the interim. So when I was told that, I walked back out and that's the first time I thought to myself, well, I may as well just carry on. But I didn't. 
they gave me a piece of they, the, lady, the lady gave me a piece of paper. She was ever so lovely. I, I can't remember her name because I would have put it, put it in, put, put her name in my book, but I can't remember her name. She was ever so lovely. She just gave me a list of, of places where you could go and get food, uh, fresh food as well as tin food and food parcels. And there was a local uh, charity <coughs> called The Bridge, and they I went over to them, and then they were amazing as well. So they couldn't solve my housing straight away. What they did was they pointed me where I could go and get uh, food. So luckily, I don't know where, where, where you live, Camilla. We the churches have uh, they used to have back then were places. You, you, if you were street homeless in in Loughborough, you got a ticket, and you used to take it to one of the churches, and you would get a three course meal, which was just heaven. So it was like wow, and then it's, and then you sit there and think like. I've spent like 50 quid on a meal before with, and now I'm getting food part, a food token to go and get food from from a church. And you just think, well, why has this come to this? But I never allowed myself to fall into that negative that negative at that point because it was always focus of going, right, if it, if the weather changes, I'm going to get absolutely drenched. I've got no, I've got no, nothing, no cover. I've got a waterproof coat. So, at that time, I think the benefit system is quite has changed a bit now. At that time, if you had a care of address, you, you could claim benefits. So I then went to the went to, the, to, to the, this um, this char- local charity. Then they pointed me out to go t- to the benefits local benefits office, um, and I had they, the charity gave me their care of address, which was then I was able to, I was able to claim benefits if you had a care of address. And that's to have that helped financially in that small period. And then what happened for you? So how did you make sure you didn't go go back? Because I, I went into a residential <coughs> centre. Yes. I did a uh, yeah, I did the ATP. I was in there for a month. Uh, and I think I said or not when we had a call the other day that I, I actually at one point tried to try to leave and there's a big long driveway yeah. um, at the front and I got halfway up it and I was just so I was broken when I went in there and I was even more you know you can they, you've got to just put everything out like That's get it. everything out and I I was I just was so scared about going outside I mean I was I was really frightened about how I would get along out there that I ended up just eventually turning back because I felt like I I had to just stay there until I could get some part of me back because I literally just felt like nothing. And I I was so scared, but I can imagine, you know, you just fall back into it when you're not, if you've not got someone, we were up at seven, like 7am in the morning. We kind of had therapy sort of all day uh, long. We had breaks, but we were, we were in and out. So it was quite regimented in, in that sense where there wasn't time for your mind to sort of wander too much. And obviously a lot of the work, that we did was was processing everything and trying to get to the root cause of you know where it's stemming from and, and really creating the self-awareness but i can imagine without that it's so easy to fall back into old old ways so what how did you get yourself because i know you did, you were on your own how did you manage to keep yourself going so it's a, it's because i'm used to my i was used to my own company anyway um it, it was just a, just a normal thing with getting used to being on my own what was difficult was it, the fear for me was was the fact that I, where am I going to stay until I can get some my, some my, some benefits in, so I can actually go and buy a tent, 
so in the day I would go we would go to I'd go to the to the um, to the um, the bridge which is a local charity get my get my ticket go up to the church have a meal so that was every Monday Wednesday and Friday and then so you you could plan that morning so you could like right say if I'm going to be here for this this amount of time then I can go to the have my food and then I go to the so then the first best thing I ever did was join the library join the local library uh, I explained the situation I was in um, and luckily they believed that the, 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 the lady she was she was really good as well she believed me and she allowed me to um, open an, an account um, until I got some ID back um, and I'd spend time in the library just I would go into a, like a quiet room I'd be able to like just they didn't know it but I had a couple just fell asleep for an hour hour or two and just kept myself because in my head I was thinking the easiest thing I can go and do is to go and drink I've had everything that I possibly could ask for so why would I go back and get a drink because I don't want it anymore because it's this I'm trying to to understand what went wrong so it, the easiest decision was to go back and drink and my, that was my focus to turn around and say right so let's see what how you can make the decision not to drink it wasn't like a, a shining light or a silver lining it was just i've ru- i have completely ruined everything i've had money i've had clothes i've had everything now i've got nothing so why would i go back and drink again it's time to, it's time to suffer because it will get good i had all this 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 mindset that it will get good i have to go through this so i can go back to normal but normal without in my normal then my new normal would be without without drugs and alcohol so it, it was just a focus to say it's so easy i can go to the buff license i can go to the supermarket i can go and get a drink i purposely kept myself away from the small homeless people that were around who were still doing their thing because if you make the right choice in the day it makes you you feel better for tomorrow it's so true it, it, it really is and it's just these conscious <laughs> decisions uh you know each and every day and not and not thinking too far ahead because if you thought too far ahead you just would have gone oh i just can't even yeah. go there so just taking one day at a time and and then you start to get momentum and and almost you get well it sounded earlier when you were talking as well it's almost like you got addicted to your recovery so you almost went the other yeah. way with it yeah absolutely. and absolutely and my mum said to me when I was yeah she said to me when when I came when I came out she said my god Camilla like you were so like hell-bent on destroying your life and and being so destructive that you know it's obviously coming from somewhere if only you could just channel that into something else something positive and and I do believe that it is all there within us and particularly someone that has had problems with addiction with with anything I, I I think this is great because you have you have a drive in you and you can rechannel that energy it's not going to happen overnight but it's but it's there and there's always a way to turn to turn these things around absolutely and you've hit it on the nail by like you do become so if, if it's, it is addicted but your recovery means the world so you, mm-hmm. you really work on on, on recovery and I, and I work I, and the thing is I actually love my recovery. I love who I and, and I love who I am because of it, because of that drive, because of that 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 perseverance to say this is like today. You count the days where you say I'm not a drink today, I'm not taking a drug today, and and in, it's 
you don't realize just how quick each and every day goes. So going to the library, I fell in love with books again, so I started reading. So just like but what was interesting to me, so I'd read some, the, a history about music. I'd read the history about films. I'd read the history about bands and I'd read the history about anything just to keep me sane because I was honest with the library, the librarians there and just said, look, I'm homeless. I have nowhere else I can go. Do you mind if I can just, you know, take a book and read and just keep on reading until I can just get warm or just be able, just be somewhere in a closed in a in a building and they were happy for me to do that because they never caused any trouble for them you see so and i was there in the corner doing my own thing and yes of course i'm not gonna i wouldn't deny that like you have these these, these thoughts of like not so much about drinking but you know you, you you go back your mind wanders back into like i can't believe i'm here i can't believe this happened to me why has this happened to me you know and you have them bad days. And I'm not trying to explain that, describe that every day was perfect. I had terrible days, and I'm sure you did as well. You have terrible days where you just think, "Come on, pack this in. Come on, let's have you back." You know, you could you could hear it talking to you. Come on, let's 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 go and get a drink. And you're like, "No, no." So you find that resolve, and you find that ability to to say no. And once you, it's just, it just comes through and it shines through. It's probably worth saying as well, because I, I still, I still drink now. So you and I, and, and a lot of people will not agree with my approach. But as I said to you before, I just remember being in the meeting rooms. This is after I came out and I, I just felt like I wanted to try. I wanted to try one last time to, to do this my way and to try and manage it, which is really not advisable for, for anyone because it's very dangerous. You're playing with yes. fire and you're playing with fire every day. Yeah. And just what you're saying now about the, the mind thing, you know, I'm still... I still battle with it and I have to really keep myself in check and but it's more the you know the drugs that I just don't do the the coke yes. but that in itself still took a while and yeah. now it's not even it's not even a thing but for years it you know would crop up in your mind to be like oh well you know maybe and and it's really sort of battling with that that all the time especially when you've had a bad day and I think at the moment as well for for everybody in in lockdown I mean it's throwing up all kinds of stuff for Absolutely. for everyone and yeah coping mechanisms and minds you know our minds just going insane and here there and everywhere thinking of stuff so but it's all about just practicing that resolve within yourself and, and saying no and just waiting for the next day you think okay well if I want to tomorrow then I will and often that it goes away doesn't it yeah absolutely and I think that we're all we're all individual in, in how we recover you know Russell Brand has supported my book you know, I've, I've, I've been so lucky for him to get his support, but he still does. He still does his recovery. So he's still doing what he needs to do to keep himself moving forward, you know, and, and everybody has their own way. And if you still I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, Camilla, that you're drinking or oh, that's wrong and, and give you a, a lecture. Absolutely not. It's about what you know about yourself and where you what what your relation, relationship with alcohol is. My job is not in, in any realm to tell you that that's wrong, right or wrong, as long as it's right for you. You know, my I can't ever drink again, and I've and I've let I've I've let go of that. I know I can't because it it will just it's it's in me. Alcohol and me are divorced. We don't have a marriage anymore. We are completely divorced. It's gone. Now my girlfriend, my friends, I love watching them get drunk. 
<laughs> love it. Absolutely love it because they're doing it for the right reasons. Mm. They don't have it. They don't have any issues with alcohol. Alcohol in 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 its in its own um, individuality. That's that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be a, a drug that that can make people happy and and bring people together. But for whatever reason, my DNA, my whatever it may be, whether it's, if it's my DNA, my psychological makeup, whatever it may be, it's it's not for me anymore. So I'm completely divorced from it. So. And so, what is the book? So the book is just your um, I, your, a collection of your sort of personal experiences, really, in your journey. Yeah. So from from my from my childhood, I give it's, and then up to um, being homeless and uh, in recovery. Sorry. So it's just it's just the, as many I, I like I just written it written written and then it got put in a chapter. So from my childhood in Pembrokeshire in Wales to recovery where I am now. So um, but laid bare. That's it, I just want to lay it all on the line so it's bare for everybody to read and it's a, and it is a play in my surname. So it was it was never a conscious choice not to like refrain from or shall I I won't talk about that I won't talk about that. I wanted to see people. I wanted to hopefully it comes across the um it's in, in its entirety that it all it, it is what it is it's laid bare well i can't wait to read it um i just i was rushing to get you on for a conversation so i didn't, <laughs> haven't had a chance yet but i yes, but nice. i will uh um, and i totally resonated with all or nothing i am all or nothing yeah. and and it, it works in in some ways i do i get stuff done uh, but i burn myself out all the time yeah. and i also you know if it's nothing it's it throws my toys out the pram so it's that stuff i have to be it's another one of the many things that i manage and i'm mindful of yes. uh, that sometimes get the better of me but you know it is what it is and and i think that's it with um the people that we are, the person that I am, the person that you are, the person everyone else is, it's not about changing that. It's about managing and it's about recognizing and accepting yeah. that this is the, you know, this is who we are. And, and yeah, just accepting that and, and working around it instead of denying who we are. Cause I think that just causes more problems and it's not, you know, living in truth. But, oh, this has been such a cool chat. Amazing. No worries. Amazing. Thank, thank you. you. That's been great. No, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So where can people get the book? Where so can they my, get I, I do have a website. So it's mm-hmm. uh, all the W's dot the real barefoot dot co UK. So the real barefoot, all one word dot co UK. I think if you put my name in Google, I think it, it takes you to my website anyway. Uh, but it's on Amazon as well. I think it's on Waterstones, so it's there is a e book as well. I think it's on Kindle. So great. And if anyone wants to work with you, um, yeah, yeah. I know you help with addiction and stuff. So where where would people be able to get hold of you regarding that? All they've got to do is just go onto my website. My, my mobile number's there. Just give me a call. Give me an email. So but I, I'm I can my uh, email is enton at therealbarefoot.co.uk. So it'll be it'll be all, all on my website. Um, if people want to get in touch, by all means, I will always try to help somebody. It's been a fabulous journey so far, and long may it continue. It's been brilliant having you on today and having a chat. Thank you very you. much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Camilla. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got some good takeaways from today. And if so, then please do leave a review. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and you can find further insights and tools over at camillacollins.com.